The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the world of New York City real estate. And at this hour, just because a seller accepted your offer to buy their apartment doesn't mean it's a done deal. Neither of you are legally bound until a fully signed contract have been delivered. Can you change your mind? The panel will weigh in on that. Also at this hour, a sprawling Southampton estate has hit the market for a whopping $175 million, this according to the Post, and its sky-high asking price not only makes it the priciest listing out in the Tony East End, but also across all of New York State. Plus, the panel is here for hot topics. But first, I would like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate each week. We bring you all the news that's relevant to your real estate success, regardless of what part of the process you belong to. You can always email us here at the show or at vrocco at halstead.com. In the news, Halstead Property became the latest residential brokerage to cut off Street Easy last Wednesday, discontinuing its automatic fee to the listing portal. In an email to agents, Halstead said it would send all sale and rental listings to the Real Estate Board of New York's new residential listing system, RLS which has worked out several partnerships to send listings to third-party sites, excluding StreetEasy, which has refused to take the RLS, arguing that doing so could compromise its data integrity. Halstead CEO Diane Ramirez said, quote, We strongly believe the RLS syndication is an effective tool for streamlining the process of sending the most accurate and consistent data to listing aggregator websites. A sprawling Southampton estate has hit the market for a whopping $175 million, according to the Post, and its sky-high price not only makes it the priciest listing on the East End, but also across all New York State. Located on Jewel Pond and built for the Henry Ford family, the property spans 42.1 acres and includes a massive 20,000-square-foot, 12-bedroom home. The current owner is reportedly portfolio manager Brenda Earle, a former partner at equity fund Zwig Dinema, she purchased the property at 90 Jewel Pond uh, in 2002, but the estate dates back to 1960. The property boasts the largest oceanfront in the Hamptons, 1,286 feet or nearly a quarter of a mile along the shore, and also includes unobstructed views of Meacock's Bay to the east and the Atlantic Ocean to the south. Nowhere else does the new New York City show up more clearly than Hudson Yards, which is raising fast along the west side of Manhattan. The new heart of Manhattan took another bold step today when developer-related companies announced uh, the start of leasings at One Hudson Yards. One-bedroom units are now available for $4,800 to $5,065 per month, while a pair of two-bedroom units are available for $7,986.95 each. These are the first offerings in this ultra-luxury building, which developers say is built to specs, rivaling those of uh, the city's super high-end condominium buildings. The address there is 530 West 
30th Street. Popular real estate listing site StreetEasy has found itself caught up in some more drama, and this time it's worth the city's department with the Department of Consumer Affairs. According to The Real Deal, StreetEasy has been accused of misleading buyers who are looking for more information about a listing with their contact agent box. Most people assume that they are being connected to the exclusive listing agent, but instead they are being connected with a wide uh, side of buy-side agents who actually pay to get this uh, contact. Department of Consumer Affairs General Counsel Daniel Tiger penned a letter to StreetEasy's parent company, Zillow Group, urging the site to exclude explicit language on the listing pages that leads consumers uh, to know that they may not be in contact with the listing agent, but by by a buy side agent instead uh, to avoid consumer confusion. You know, guys, my question is, and I don't want to beat this dead horse, but what, you know, have you seen any changes in your business with regard mm-hmm. to this latest Street Easy stuff? Well, I mean, the one thing I'll say is consumers are starting to take notice. Uh, I don't know about you guys, if you have, uh, you know, clients, sellers, buyers, et cetera. But a lot of them, and also renters, a lot of them are starting to realize, oh, not everything's on StreetEasy. Uh, how come all the sales listings are on StreetEasy? So this eventually is going to affect StreetEasy in a big way. And they unfortunately deserve for it to happen to them. Given, But the I, agree, I agree with you. But, uh, but do you share my concern, though, that you know these listings and now my company is not sending sales or rental listings to StreetEasy because at the moment StreetEasy is the portal of right. choice. I mean right. everybody goes to that website for all of their real estate needs in New York City. I, now if I put something new up, rental or sale, you know, and someone is out there, you know, at midnight at night as people usually do searching for real estate, my stuff isn't going to come through. Well, on the sale, sorry, I'm sorry, no, I was going to say on the sales side. Most deals are still done with two brokers. So if, if you're working with a real estate agent, they should have access to all the sales listings. Right. They don't need to be on StreetEasy. Um, and I do think, and on the rental side, look, StreetEasy has never had everything anyway for rentals. They have had a lot. Right. They never had everything. And I really right. think StreetEasy is making the case that, well, we're just going to try to make as much money from rentals. We're not trying to be. So I think consumers, especially for rentals, do know you have to look on some other sites. And now they're going to have to look on some, even some more sites. But are they going to be aware that there are listings that are not out there on StreetEasy, or are they just going to think that's all that's available? See, that's my fear. They look, <clears> and maybe they had 100 listings you know, a month ago, and now they have 50, and they think, all right, so there's not much out there to see. I'm 100% confident that eventually consumers will get it because they're pretty savvy in New York City. But I do agree. The reason why StreetEasy did this to begin with, and they felt like they had the market power to do this, is because they realized they have most of the market share. Most people are searching on StreetEasy, and it's, they still are to this day. So you're correct, Vince. Right now, as of today, most consumers don't know that. They're just thinking, oh, I guess there's less inventory on the market. And StreetEasy is hoping that eventually brokers cave and say, mm, put their hands up and just start putting there. But what I love is that the brokers are making a principled stand, and they realize, they're smart enough to realize that by doing this, eventually that news will trickle down to the consumers, and they will, in a month or two, they're going to start looking on other websites. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. I actually think this is a classic case of modern economics, because if you think about it, this is the issue when you have some company or something that has the biggest market share in any industry, because whenever there's an issue with it, everyone's like, well, what now? You know, I, I, one of my sellers who I'm putting their apartment on the mar- market next week is going to rent after we close, 
And she got worried because she couldn't find any rentals online now. And she was just, you know, cruising online. Well, that was my point. Right. And that, that, you know, I agree with Niall that I think over time it'll settle. But right now is the issue. I mean, in the moment when we're going into a hot market, which is going to be next week after Labor Day, you know, I think people are a little freaked out and it bothers them. Question for everybody. I mean, so from my understanding, the way that I've been doing it with my listings is because you know I work at RLS, so I, I put it in uh, the Compass backend website, and then I also put it into Street Easy as well. Is is that what you guys? So are you're doing? so you're basically opting into Street Easy. Yeah, I mean, um, I I, w- I personally feel that it's important to get you know the because every Street time Easy I sign exposure. on to Street Easy, it asks me if I want to opt in, and that is obviously to to put my sale or rental listings. Uh, I don't have a rental listing at the moment, so. I'm not going to be so concerned about the sale, as Phil said before. I think it's still a double-edged sword. Usually well, how do you do? Uh, I'm just curious. How would you like? Uh, well, how would you? How would you do with your seller who's like, why isn't my thing on? Yeah, oh, I, think, I was just going to say so that's something I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of and not worry about. I think, like as a company, that's great, and everyone can do that on a personal basis. Yeah, I was going to say. Know, I, on that note, it's going to. We're all going to have to do it because our sellers are going to say, "How come I don't see my listing on Street Easy?" And yeah. until a new site flushes out or whatever, we're going to have to do that. I, I have a I question for you. <clears throat> Since Hall said to stop this, where do they syndicate to now then? To the RLS, the Real Estate Board of New York feed, and that feeds out to lots of other you know, Like a hundred different websites. Apartments.com, homes.com. We're taking that now. So Lease Break is taking the feed now. I wanted so, to ask yeah. you about yeah, Lease Break. I just saw so. all my listings yeah, on you your it. website. You just guys just opted in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got an email last night that all my listings are now on Phil's, <laughs> yeah. Phil's site. I emailed yeah. him like, are you on the show tomorrow? Let's talk. So what's happening is that all these companies, one by one, are starting to quote-unquote opt in to the RLS feed, which is the Real Estate Board of New York's listings feed right there's more listings in that feed than there are on street easy because a lot of the listings aren't on street easy anymore so now if you want to get all the listings and you're a rental portal like lease break or, or another company you opt in to the feed not that easy though because you have to have like our developers had to talk to their developers for weeks this isn't going on i mean it's not that easy to kind of make all this work on the back end yeah. but the two companies work we've been working with the Remy developers they've been working with lease break developers and so we finally have it all working and that's why you saw all your listings appear um I'm telling you, Niall, like that's just the beginning. Like the industry is changing. Like you're gonna see like Compass I power to them. Compass has been really strong about this. And they said, Nope, we're gonna go with Rebney, RLS feed, and we're not gonna put our stuff on Street Easy. Other companies will follow. Like I think that's that's really a great principle. Matt, what is Core's position? Um, <laughs> you're the official to spokesperson. Be, to be honest, I've been um, taking a little summer break, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he just closed on his on his apartment, by the way. So that's taking up a lot of his yeah, time. No. Congratulations, congratulations, buddy. absolutely. You. What company do I refer to? No, no, no. Core <laughs> is um, very, very supportive of you know the broker industry, the broker side, and having their backs. Um, I, I so here's my feeling about it. My feeling is that. All power to everyone who's doing rentals. I think it's a. I think it's great to you know um, stand up to them, and I don't think what they're doing is fair. But when this is rolling out to the sales side, I think it's becoming an issue because you know on the sales side, since they're not really doing the whole whatever the structure was for sales per se, even though I'm sure we all feel like it'll get there eventually. Yeah, gearing up for that, right? I mean, until it settles in the moment. It's an issue for sellers and it's an issue for brokers who do mainly sales. So it becomes, you know, what is the best thing for your client 
who's a seller or a buyer, what's the best thing for the transaction of a sale in this city? I, I unfortunately think that it's going to have to still be along with the market share who is street easy. And I know that that's not what any broker out there wants to no, hear. No, no, but I think that's the reality no, of the situation. Way, I, I totally agree with you that, like, look, ultimately we're agents. We have to do the best for our sellers, for our clients, for our rental. So what I've been advising people to do is take every situation as an individual situation. So you know your seller, you know your buyer, or you know your landlord. And uh, depending on that situation, if you have to put it on Street Easy, do it. But think about it first. Maybe you try other websites first. Maybe you don't put it on Street Easy right away. Maybe if you have 20 listings in a building, just list one of them at the at the lowest price point and then bring your client. I mean, there are so many things you could do. The key is that Street Easy is not the place anymore. That's the key. It's not the place. And we have to make sure that it's never the place. There should be competition. There has to be competition in the market. Isn't it interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, to see how uh, what they thought was the brilliant business plan is blowing up and completely backfiring in their face. With that, we are live from Blastoff Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We will be right back after these messages. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Back and moving on from the Street Easy story, I want to ask all of you about the state of the current market because in my business, as I was talking offline a little while ago, things have been very hectic and very busy in August. Quite unusual for summer months. So what's going on out there? I had a really interesting conversation with a big broker I'm friendly with yesterday when we were doing a showing. And um, we were just talking, you know, back and forth friendly about our businesses and what we have coming up. And, you know, he's one of those brokers where, you know, you tell them about certain listings you have coming on because you feel like they'll have someone for it. 
Um, and he said to me, he was like, I, it's great that you were able to hold your sellers off till after Labor Day because I have actually had a bunch of sellers who haven't been listening to me and have just been wanting to go on a lot quicker and it had to go on the market in August even though I said to them, I'll only do this if we do it at a price cut. And they still went on the market. And I thought it was really interesting because as a seller, I mean, if you wait a month to get, say, 200000 more for your apartment or 100000 more for your apartment in compared with like whatever your maintenance and mortgages, say no more than 10000 that's a big jump. So I think it 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 tells a lot about the market and it tells a lot that this has not been a summer that has been quiet. Um, you know, people are active if the price is working. And I think that's a big thing to say because in past years, August has been completely dead. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with what you said exactly because I put uh, a, a two bedroom on the market in uh, August. First open house, booming success, priced well. Uh, Tuesday, two days later, done deal. Oh. Offer. Contract out, done deal. August. So I'm thinking, you, wow, that's amazing. Do you think that's the market learning, though? Because we had the same thing in the Hamptons where people <clears throat> would wait until fall to buy something. Mm-hmm. Now they're not. It's been really, really busy. And the seasonality has changed 100% Could the past three years. Could it be the fact that the weather is not that hot? I mean, usually in August, it's so well brutal. Well, Usually people other, are like, I am going my hands house. Well, I was going to say, the, the other thing with, with August, more so than even July, is most everybody is away. I mean, a week here, two weeks there, weekends certainly. So the, the, the real estate thought is not really first. That's the advantage, the though. When they're away, exactly. the market so is learning. It's the same idea as winter in the Hamptons. Winter used to be a great time, everyone thought anyway, to go out and buy something. Yeah, now absolutely. the winter is you're fighting other people at the door through snow. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not seasonal anymore. I think... When you have a listing and you need to put it out there, if it's priced well, you put it out there and you'll get somebody to buy it. It, it you know, years ago when I first started in this business, it was nothing went on the market in, in summer months. Nothing. It was after Labor Day, through Thanksgiving, then you paused, and then you came back again mid January, early February for spring market. And summer was traditionally dead. Well, that hold on. Completely so, different now. But but do say what the two bedroom that you put on, how much is it asking? One four six five. So condo. and that's condo, right? Condo. Yeah. See, that's a really good number. So I think that anything, no matter was, what time of year it's going to gonna be, it's going to yeah, it's going to go well. I mean, yeah. I I'm putting a list. I'm putting a like junior one bedroom on the market next week in Chelsea for six fifty, and oh, wow. I already have an offer. Yeah, yeah off that's, market that's, because that's, that's going to fly. It's kind of like your two bedroom. Yeah. It doesn't it's matter gonna, the time of year. So there, there there's there's someone out there for. For each of these these apartments, it's just a matter of pricing it right, as we say. And you know that's also seller education. We all we all have issues with trying to convince sellers sometimes that you know they need to be priced at a certain point to move quickly or to move at all. Do you also think that the the press has played a big part of this, like the news and also mortgage rates? And I think that New Yorkers are always people during the summer that like don't want to be bothered and do things on their time. And I think that they're not acting that way recently. With regards to what's going on in the I world, I don't know about the press. I mean, I haven't, you know, since the world of internet, you know, all these years, you don't have a lot of press about real estate. No, no, no. I, I don't mean press about real estate. I mean press about global news. Like, oh, I, global I have, news. I have a client who we just went into contract because he decided after what happened in Barcelona because he's from Malaga. Yeah. Like, yeah. he um, life's too short. 
I, I've been wanting to buy an apartment for a long time. Let's do it. And pulled the trigger. I think that has a lot to do with it. And, and I think people are also at their wits end with world news or current news. And they're just like, you know what? Life continues. You got to do what you got to do. Look, the world can blow up tomorrow for a whole host of reasons. And you're not going to worry about it anyway because you're not going to be around. So spend the money, buy an apartment, buy a home, do whatever. And I'm sure it's the same out in the Hamptons. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting to see what is driving people these days because you would think that just based on a year ago, world events or politics or elections really kind of stumped the entire marketplace. And now it seems a year later, people are just getting back to life. And that's, that's from my vantage point. I, you know, I don't know what you all think. Like I like to, I, I like to joke that I, in another life, I'm a psychology and economics professor because I think it's fascinating to see, like you said, what drives people in the news because I think a lot of people get really scared by Things like what's going on with Trump and, you know, the Columbus news over the weekend and, um, you know, trans news in, in the army and and things like that. And they get scared like there's going to be a, you know, another downturn. So I'm not doing anything. But then people get, you know, driven as well to do something. So uh, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. What is not being reported about the current marketplace in your estimation? Developers. I think I, I think it's never in the press how much developers are negotiating behind the scenes. I think that's exactly 100% correct. I think developments are the one thing that has been having issues this summer and they are um they're if they're not cutting prices they're under the table doing a lot of deals with negotiations on other other terms. I'm working in new development currently aside from everything else and with there there's flexibility. So, you know, that is unheard of, traditionally speaking, in new development sales. It's here's the price, no negotiation. And by the way, Mr. Buyer, you're picking up all the transfer taxes and all the closing costs. I mean, that's the world that I know or remember in new development. Today, it's a whole different ballgame. I think the mix with that, with what you guys are talking about is, I know I've said it before on the program, is the competition isn't local anymore, specifically to the Hamptons, actually. There's a lot of people that re- that don't realize their their competition is not down the street. It's not two streets away. It's here, because you can't take water out of one end of the pool and it only goes down on the other. You know? uh, are you seeing foreign buyers at all out east? All the buyers come from here. Ninety nine percent of buyers come from New York. From New York City, but how yeah. about from China, from Ukraine, from? No, I'll tell you the biggest concentration of foreign buyers would be Montauk, and the Aussies love Montauk. It's it's very odd, but it's Where's so many Louise Aussies Phillips end up there. Where's when we need her? I wanted to ask you about that. All of a sudden, Montauk, and I remember the days when people used to say, Montauk is honky-tonk. I can't deal with it. I'm not going anywhere near Montauk. Montauk is freaking beautiful. And it, it is always beautiful. has been. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's gotten so hot. What happened to Montauk? It was discovered, really. It was the yeah. place, you know, there's a, there's a different era in Montauk. You can't get away from water too far. And you come down from 27 Montauk Highway, and it's just the ocean. And any house, it can't be any house cannot be more than two miles away from water at any given time. I mean, I remember the days where people were so snooty. Well, I'm I'm from East Hampton, or I live in East Hampton, or I summer in East Hampton. I'm not going anywhere near Montauk. And I thought, well, that's crazy because Montauk, as you said, is really all water. It's magnificent, especially if you love to surf, which is you like a big surf. draw for Aussies as well. I mean, Bluestone Cafe is out there, which mm-hmm. is, is from Melbourne, and they're phenomenal. 
Well, wait, I want to ask my good friend Ray Lord a question about the Hamptons. So I've been hearing lately that there's a lot of competition for all the areas, the Hamptons with, I mean, normally it's obviously like Catskills, Hudson, North Fork, but I'm hearing all this news about all these small towns between New York City and the Hamptons. Like, um, there was a big article in Architectural Digest about this. I forgot what town it was, but Anna Wintour has a house there. All these people like that are within a half like hour East of the Quag. city. No, um, not even that far out, but uh, yeah, more. I think she's more in the East Quag area, West Hampton. She's always well, been. I think that's yeah. where she is. Yeah, well, I'd love to know what you think of this. <laughs> Wherever she is, I don't know. Um, for me, it's a it's a huge difference between what we consider the Hamptons right. and what everyone else does. We actually don't consider most of West Hampton the Hamptons, simply because once you cross the Shinnecock Canal, the whole value system changes. You know, you have everything west of the Shinnecock Canal, like uh, Quag, East Quag, West Hampton. The biggest problem there is you cross a, a bridge to get to a barrier and to go to the beach. The Hamptons, the super unique thing about the Hamptons and the East Coast in general, from anything from New York down to Florida, is you do not have to do that. You can drive straight to the beach. And you know, The biggest thing, too, is you, know, you have two commodities of the future, one being elevation, two is walkability to everything. And that's why the villages of Southampton, East Hampton, Sag Harbor retain their value so well and then you know, climb faster than anything else. But the biggest thing with the Hamptons is you have the beach right at the ocean. You don't have to cross it. It's, it's, it's true. And then you take a place like Amagansett, which has always been my favorite spot out there. That literally is all, almost all south of the highway, in the dunes, on the ocean. There's some north of the highway, but, but the majority of Amagansett. And listen, you know, if you live there or some of there, it's, you don't even need a car. If you're really interested in just walking from your house to the beach every day, it's, it's really quite amazing. You mentioned uh, elevation. So is, are you saying that things are more elevated there than some other places? Like it's not like a, a Houston? You're saying it's like... Exactly. It's one of the really unique places in New York. It's, it's much like Block Island that, you know, I saw the $7 million oceanfront in Montauk that was 55 feet above sea level. Yeah. You have really high elevation, which you do not get in West Hampton or Quag. Affected on some level from some of these major storms. Montauk yeah. for sure. Yeah. Montauk Definitely. for sure. Amagansett, further lane, the $147 million transaction, that's at least at 35, 40 feet above sea level. You have, you have so that's a key elevation. metric out there. I didn't, I didn't realize I didn't realize that. There's only a few low-lying areas, like Peak Stretch, which is in Amagansett, um, which I always advise people if they're going to have a long-term property there, don't. Well, there are locations that are in Southampton, but for the most part, we have really high elevation. Yeah. Safer in a, in a, in a hurricane situation than, than not. So um, foreign buyers here in New York City, guys, I mean, are we seeing a little bit more of that? I'm seeing a, a trickle effect. I just signed a contract on Friday with a, with a Canadian. That's a that's four. That counts. That counts. Listen, it does count. But I. But again, doing some new development stuff these days, I'm seeing more in a new foreign people. Where were they more. coming from? Vancouver, Montreal. Uh, he's coming from the West Coast, so Vancouver. He's originally from Hong Kong, Vancouver, and then went to, went to yeah, went to yeah. Cornell. I I'm I was so that, I think that's a really important factor. I've been seeing a lot of foreign buyers and ones that I work with take a seat these days because of the regulations that the government's been forcing on mortgages because um, especially with credit. So I find that less and less big banks are actually accepting, um, you know, credit exceptions via other company, uh, other countries, which is a problem for foreign buyers. <clears throat> so I think it's a big thing that he was all cashed. That's a huge one question before we go to break. Um, what, 
have the appraisals been looking like lately? Um, are they coming in on the money? Are they coming in short? Are they coming in over? I mean, so far I'm only seeing good stuff, but you know, you never know with, with appraisals. Any experience? I still think they're coming in on the money, generally yeah. speaking. Would you guys agree? At yeah. as well, yeah. I was going to say on the money in Manhattan, and I've, I keep on hearing in Brooklyn that they're coming in low, actually, which is interesting, which it makes sense on a, in a rising market. In Brooklyn. Well, in a rising market, a booming market. All right, we have to go to break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Stay with us. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back with Ray Lord from Douglas Solomon, Niall Lundgren from Compass, Phil Horrigan from LeaseBreak.com, and Matthew Cohen from Core. All right, just because the seller accepted your offer to buy their apartment doesn't mean it's a done deal. Neither of you are legally bound until they, uh, a fully signed contract has been delivered. Moreover, it's perfectly legit, albeit frustrating for a seller to continue to play the field by sending out multiple contracts to interested or other interested buyers. On the bright side, during this waiting period, you can walk away for any reason at all, no strings attached, and if one of the following scenarios occurs, you probably should. You think you are overpaying. That's one reason. Second reason, a surprise assessment that you find out while you're doing due diligence on the building, the inspection shows potential problems, or you find something you like much better. How often in your books of business do you see buyers with an accepted offer walk away from completing the deal? Uh, it happens. It does happen. It happens a lot. I would say though, of those four reasons you just gave, only the last one to me is where I see buyers actually walk away. So you mentioned like... Due diligence? Well, you mentioned like... No, it's, finding something better. That okay. was the last finding one. something better was the last right. thing. So when I, I've seen people where they legitimately see something better or maybe there was an accepted offer on an apartment like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and then they now went with their second choice but then the deal fell through on the first one. And then they have to, you know, break the deal on the second one. Um, 
But I want to point out that a lot of times, like as we know as agents, like a buyer will say, oh, I don't know, I think I might be overpriced. And our job as agents, assuming that it's not overpriced, of course, is to show them that it's it's not and to show them the details and the data. So we get this all the time where, or maybe there's an assessment. Okay, well, maybe you can negotiate that assessment with the seller, you know. So there are way, there are workarounds around some of those things. You know? There are. And, and that's why I always point out when you're working with skilled and experienced agents on both sides, that should mediate any kind of you know concern or issue that that pops up because quite frankly in this town no deal is smooth no deal is 100% done until it's done so the the skilled agent is going to work both sides of that and make sure that everything works out for the best interest of both the seller and the buyer but it's interesting how people don't understand some people say well I don't want to put an offer in because I'm really not sure well if you are sure you should put an offer in it's very simple. You can't start the process or you can't decide somewhere down the road that you really want to connect with this apartment until you start the, the process. But a contract isn't valid until both sides sign and it's delivered, delivered to yeah. that's the I key. think that's the and biggest people thing people really that. have to understand that are outside of this market and outside of New York, or the Hamptons rather, is because anywhere else you have to put down a deposit amount and sign all this paperwork. Here, I just... Like you said, I tell people, if you like three houses, put an offer on all of them. It doesn't do you any good not doing it. And you find out how flexible people are. You really need to just put offers out. And then if, like you were saying, if you get your second choice, but then the first choice becomes available, jump ship. So I find that the biggest reason people pull out of deals when they have a contract out or an accepted offer is cold feet. Um, I think no matter how many times someone purchases and sells real estate, they always have a little hesitation and a little, I like to call the, the, the fidgets. Um, so like they're fidgety. So I, I, you know, um, I just had a deal last week with clients that I love who they pulled their contract out because no matter how many times I've told them what the closing costs are, um, they, when they saw it on paper right before they were supposed to sign their contract. They had, um, they had like number shock. They had, you know, seeing it is so much different than thinking about it. And, and writing a check is so much different than thinking about writing a check. Um, you know, like, like now said, I, I just closed in my apartment. Like I get what it's like to write that check and it's not easy. So there's definitely a, um, a shock when you're doing something that is this big. So I, that's what I find the, Biggest reason was this new development, by the way, because closing yeah. costs in new development it was. is significant. It you, was. you might want to think about getting them, uh, getting them one of those fidget spinners. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right before, be like, yeah, I just want to give you this. You know, all right, now open the document. <laughs> but as soon as someone accepts your offer, there is a natural fear. Maybe I'm overpaying. You know, so I think it's like a natural fear that people just have. You know, they you kind of want something that you can't have, and then as soon as someone a seller says, "Okay, we accept your offer," there's like a fear of, "Oh my god!" You know, and it's just it's very natural. Everyone feels it. And then I, on the opposite side, the seller, if like if a buyer gives them exactly what they want on like the first day, the seller's like, "Am I underpriced?" So <laughs> yeah. it goes both ways. Well, that that's yeah. that's classic. That's that's really classic. I just heard that recently. Um, but it's interesting. I'm representing uh, an apartment and a buyer um, put an offer in. Offer was accepted. Process started. The next day, the broker calls and says, well, we're going to rescind our offer, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into the details. And then the third day, she called back again and said, well, you know, they're really thinking about it and it is the best apartment for them. They like it the most, blah, blah. We're back in the game. So 
you know, my developer said, for real, I mean, that's hard. Do we want to trust this? Yeah. Because you're going to go down the process again. Or they, the good news is we continue to show each unit, whatever, until it's actually in contract. That's but, almost keeping your word thing. Well, I right. find it hard to, right. you know, convince the seller to go back into and something. And this is a very reputable, reputable Corcoran broker. It's not her fault. It's it's the client, cold feet, fidgets, whatever you called it, decided, you know what? I don't know. $3 million apartment. It's not cheap. So I guess people have to really feel like they can buy into this and feel comfortable with it and know I'm going to complete this transaction and feel good about it. Oh, wait. I love what Niall, uh, not Niall, Phil said before, actually. I completely forgot about it. Um, I think that's so sad that in New York, um, you have this situation come up in every aspect of life in the sense of, you know, you find something you like and then you like something else. You know, it, it never, there's always <laughs> well, something that's, that's better life. out there. Like, <laughs> exactly. but this is, but I love that this is on an apartment side and, and it's, it's such a, you know, frequent thing on like in people's romantic sides in the city. It's like, it's, it's really disappointing. <laughs> well, I, I, that's why I say to buyers all the time that are looking for, you know, two, three, four months. I'm like, you know what guys, you have to stop at some point because it's all the same. It's all going to eventually look the same. You're always going to see something that may be a little better, but for whatever reason, it's not attainable because the price is wrong or whatever. So you got to plant the roots and say, I want it. This is the one. No apartment in this town is forever. You can sell it someday, upgrade, downgrade, whatever you need to do. And that's, I think, what the greatest fear with first-time buyers is. They decide to buy. They think, oh, my God, my life savings. Oh, my God, I'm... I'm attached to this property now like a commitment and I don't want to do that. They don't realize that you don't have to be in it forever. And the likelihood of you losing money is very small in this town. You're probably going to make money when you sell it. And I would assume it's the same out in the secondary market in the Hamptons. This is why no as, losing. A, as a seller's agent, knowing this, that people have cold feet, it's really important in an honest and ethical way as a seller's agent to make sure that the buyer feels like they're getting a good deal. Like yeah, you want to make sure that they, you know, using your brilliant marketing tactics or whatever, make sure that they feel like they're getting a good deal. Because I hate they, that word, by the way. I know. But what, good I deal? Do too. deal. Yeah. I do too. Everyone calls me and says, I'm like, what are you looking for? And they say, I'm looking <clears throat> for a good deal. Right. I know what my response is without even thinking about it. Take a number. Right. No, I say but, go to Chicago. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, ultimately, like as a broker, yeah, we hate that word because we hear it a lot, but that's what people want. I mean, so we have to play into that again in an honest and ethical way. And I say honest and ethical because you're not going to pretend there are other offers when there aren't other offers on the table, that kind of thing. But there are ways to just speak in a way to make sure that they are getting a good deal. And often they are getting a good deal. Like there usually is a good deal that you could describe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on. Penthouses are often considered the creme de la creme. However, like everything else, there is good and bad with living in a penthouse. So what are some of the pros of living in a penthouse? I, for one, have never necessarily understood the allure of a penthouse. Yeah, you get magnificent outdoor space sometimes. But outside of that, what's the deal? Like you're on top. <clears throat> I mean, that's yeah, the thing. you don't like, have to deal with one neighbor at least. Yeah, there's an well, ego. There's an ego three thing. neighbors sometimes. But, but well, I, think there's also, I think there's also just an ego thing. Like you're on yeah, top totally of the building. Thing. You are at the top. You <laughs> have the best views, the best light. And there's something definitely that is appealing. It's that. that indescribable feeling of peace and quiet being on top of the world. I have arrived. I'm living on the top floor, you know, but 
there are lots of cons. Don't you think, didn't we one time um, discuss what I think Brick Underground did a poll of if someone would rather have a townhouse or a penthouse? And I think that wasn't the poll towards a penthouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you would like to think that penthouses have great views. And I always think about owning a townhouse versus a penthouse because I have high, <laughs> high hopes for myself. Um, and I mean, there's just less maintenance on a penthouse. Like, think about owning a townhouse in the city. You have to do the sidewalk. Like, that's a big commitment. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I, re I remember that that poll that we talked about, but I wouldn't even put a penthouse and a townhouse in the same category because right. one is a home, one is an apartment, you know, basically. But I guess you can compare a, a townhouse, uh, I'm sorry, a penthouse to a lower floor. Same configuration sometimes, just not up in the sky, top floor, you know, outdoor space. Um, but I think, you know, it goes way back to the beginning of time where people just say, you know, living in a penthouse, is, there's a cachet to it. You know, I, I'm something special or, you know, the pH, you know, uh, in front of a number. Great for social media. Great for social media. It's also my initials, by the way. But that's another story. <laughs> oh, Oregon. <laughs> well, here's the part deal. of it, actually. People I like love that, that. pH. They love that pH. You are yeah. destined to have a penthouse. I make that joke all the time, like in an elevator going up with clients. Everybody like, always going. points out in an elevator, no matter what <laughs> building I'm, oh, look, pH, penthouse. Yeah, okay. So, it, <laughs> Well, from now on, I'm just going to say it's Phil Oregon's apartment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, right. but like Vince, to your point, um, there are some cons, and one of them is leaks is a big deal, being on the penthouse. But I will say, it's so interesting, like buyers, you could tell them this, and if it's the first time they've ever owned a penthouse, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, good to know, good to know. But usually it's not the people that have actually, the people that have had the leak at another apartment, they're the ones that'll come to me and say, I never want a penthouse. Like mm -hmm. I've had those buyers. Mm -hmm. I, I do not to. want a penthouse. The leak situation is just the risk is too high. But you almost have to go through that, I find, to really understand. I what don't the think risks people, are. when they're purchasing a penthouse, and I've sold a few in some of the new developments I've done through the years, um, and, and also in some of the older buildings, I don't think people think about that. They just, again, think about that wonderful cachet of right. saying or feeling like I live on the top of the world. Right. And what people don't realize in some of these pre-war buildings, the original penthouses were the servants' quarters. So they were not luxurious way back in the 20s and 30s when these buildings were built. They were staff. They were staff rooms. Over the years, they've combined a bunch of them to make you know big top floor penthouse units. Just, so interesting. just to show um, how much people put emphasis on it, one of my favorite short stories is one of my clients a few years ago bought apartment 30A in a building, and it was the top floor. And right before he went to his board interview, and we were, I was prepping him, he goes, um, do you think it's okay for me to ask them if upon approval I can change it to PHA? Do you think that'll be a big deal? And I was like, why don't you get approval first yeah. for the apartment? Yeah, and again, first yeah. things first. Right. And yeah. then they have to say, hey, by the way, you know. And then ask Phil Hargan for licensing rights. <laughs> did he ever get that change, by the way? Did you, <laughs> no. did you ever follow up? I don't think he ever even asked. Uh, okay. Oh, really? Because I probably, it probably scared was him. Because yeah. thought, it went out yeah. of his head, and that was the end of that. Right. Now it's on to living. It's on to life, right? All right, we've got to take a break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. 
However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters, performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the voiceamerica.com variety channel. You know, I like to do a little searching and find some stuff online for music for the show, and I came across this. It's the Solar System song, man. I am the Earth. It's us. <laughs> Place where we all live. They don't talk about Pluto <gasps> and Nerubu. So I came up with my own Nerubu. Yeah, okay. Let lay it on me. I am Nerubu. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I screwed it up. Let's do it again. Here we go. I am Nerubu. <laughs> oh, wait, you got to stop laughing. <laughs> all right, here we go. I am Nerubu. I've come to destroy your planet. I am big. I am Nerubu. That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back with Ray Lord from Douglas Elliman, Niall Lundgren from Compass, Phil Horrigan, LeaseBreak.com, and Matthew Cohen from CORE, who's on a roll this morning, <laughs> to say the least. Say the least. And Happy thank God Tuesday. It's not on the air. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It is. All right. The Upper East Side has long had a reputation for being home to stay to a state, somewhat fussy homes for the super rich. And while there's that's still partially true, particularly the closer you get to Fifth Avenue, the past few years have seen a wave of new development in that neighborhood. A crop of new buildings from developers like Extel and related are targeted to younger and admittedly still wealthy audience, Yorkville in particular has seen its own mini-development boom with nearly a dozen or so buildings in the works on 3rd Avenue. The 2nd Avenue subway line, long awaited, had its debut uh, last December, has also given the area more cachet, though it remains to be seen what the long-term effect will be. So what do you think that effect will be? I can tell you I'm, I'm doing some development work on the east side and... Thankfully, for that 2nd Avenue Q line, it's brought an increase in numbers of people to show, to, to view rather, in this building, whether it's open house or private appointments, because now transportation over there is not so difficult. It's amazing. I'll tell you, from, from buying an apartment there, and I'm on 89th and 3rd and living there part-time, um, <laughs> well, it, has, it has changed life up there like one of the biggest things that pen getting to penn station used to be the biggest pain in the neck and now you can easily get to herald square and walk over a block it yep. makes 
a whole different world up there. Like those though, isn't that annoying? They I, really it is annoying, it. but it's I'll take the black walk compared to the other. So yeah. So I've been trying to do some dissecting on the Upper East Side, and I earlier this year when the Second Avenue subway opened, I kept on talking about the two, the one to two year effect of it. I actually recently have been thinking more about like the five to ten year effect of it because of the fact that with all the rezoning up in what some people consider East Harlem, what some people consider upper, you know, upper, upper East side, um, you know, so more like in the high nineties to early hundreds, early low hundreds, sorry. Um, not talking about time. <laughs> so I think that you're going to see those both actually affect each other because eventually I, I wonder if the city will extend the second Avenue subway. And if they do, which they are in talks to extend it further up, past 96 um i think it would be unbelievable with the rezoning of lower east harlem because i think you'll see a huge spike in new developments i think you'll see a huge spike in um you know retail and population because of just it pricing to be honest there's amazing pricing up there so i'm really tempted to see what happens in the next 10 years i mean i think it could only be expanded up north because you know yeah you can't go down it was originally supposed to go to 125th the biggest thing, you know, as you're Epic. saying, hashtag <laughs> out five well, years, and it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. I think a lot of people have to really pay attention to. We were talking about this off air. If you're looking at an apartment in Battery Park compared to the Upper East Side, in five years, I would tell you any day to buy in the Upper East Side. Why? Elevation. Elevation in the Upper West Side, Upper East Side is going to beat the lower downtown any day of the week. You know, let me ask you something, all of you, actually. That's a very good point, Ray, because, you know, after we had Superstorm, Standy, whatever, <clears throat> the downtown areas, you know, uh, started looking into, you know, Zone A and all these these very uh, important uh, low levels of men- most of Manhattan downtown. But yet the real estate values haven't been affected by that. Now, with that said, do you think ultimately if we have another big storm Look what's happening in Houston. I mean, because downtown Manhattan can and has gotten wiped away. Well, hold on, hold on. We we do need to explain to the audience that there are different factors that are pros and cons to appreciation. And while Sandy was a huge con, obviously, to the whole Battery Park area, and I think it brought up reality of living there and how, you know, on the level of the water you are, um, Brookfield has countered that. So I think that you need to bring into people's mind that things like retail and Brookfield are going to increase what was affected by Sandy. And also the whole World Trade Center and Oculus and all that is, is you know, bringing that area up again. So I think it's a counter effect. Um, I was going to say, but uh, yeah, I agree with that. But Vince, also to your point, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, I'm actually surprised it didn't affect, re, uh, it a little bit in the beginning, if you remember, and people were talking about it. People's short-term memory just amazing. Yeah, that is the biggest thing. I, Memory it's of incredible, especially <clears throat> if something that happens once every 10, yeah. 15 well, years. Well, well said. But, because the same thing happened after nine eleven. Okay, right. downtown died right. for months, and right. then all of a sudden, everybody had to be back. But the thing about that is that I mean, I think that's also horrible, but it's a little different because it's like you can make the case. Okay, well, we don't know where the terrorist is going to strike next, right? But in this case, you could look at a flood map. You know exactly what's going to be flooded when the next storm happens. Um, I personally, after that, I made a commitment to myself. Like, I, I don't think I could buy it. I just don't think. Well, flood zone A is, 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 you know, difficult. I mean, this, a storm could be much worse than that. I do think if there's another storm, 
it'll start to be more in the collective mindset. And then if there's Absolutely. another one, then then it'll be like a, an issue where it's like no one's going to live down there. People are very quick to forget. Like out east, we had the biggest problem post-Sandy with flood insurance. And this is before Congress got involved and all of that. And people were going to Lloyd's of London because it was the only place on earth, basically, that would insure your property. And they were paying ungodly amounts of money. And now here, here we are only a few years later and people totally forgot. But on a positive side, in my opinion, power to people who have short-term memory because the like the good Jewish <laughs> like the good Jewish parents that I have, you know, always give me a hard time about traveling to certain countries. You know, especially when there are issues going on. Like when I was living abroad, they told me not to go to Greece years ago. You know, because of what was going on with their economy. Paris, for example, a few months ago. Barcelona recently. I think it's great actually to have short-term memory and not let something like terrorists get into your mind because you should live your life. Like we live in it. We do live in a crazy world, but things could happen anywhere. Well, so you can't make a judgment. Show, right. Yeah. But but yeah. with a flood, <laughs> with, with, with something more unprecedented, right, right, yeah. that's like a natural thing. I I, I think it's good to have. Yeah, especially if it's an investment and it's a flood, and you can look. Hey, look at Houston has a five hundred year flood right Is now. Because I've had clients who are afraid to live near tall buildings like four thirty two Park after what happened on nine eleven. I'm like, that's not really fair. I mean, you know, yes, the world's crazy, but think about places like Hong Kong, which are so much more vertical than New York. But I think know. like that is a legitimate concern to me. Like, I, I would if a buyer said I can never live in a toy building in New York City, I wouldn't. No, not live in it, live near it. Oh, but even live near it, I kind of still, it's still like okay. Well, we are New York City, and if you're a terrorist, you that would be a target, no question. I kind of, I kind of understand that a little bit. I, I just don't want to. I, I do. No, but, I mean, I don't you know. not understand it. I just don't think it should hold someone back from buying their their like dream home. Person, you know, yeah, some people just they, it just that fear because you don't want someone to live there and then every day be fearful of it. You know, they're not going to be happy ultimately. You know, well, that's your opportunity to sell them a more expensive townhouse. <laughs> there you <laughs> in go. In a different area, exactly. The what, part of, what part of town are more deals being done these days? Uptown, downtown, east side, west side, Tribeca always hot. I mean, where are more where do you see more deals being done right now? I see so many transactions happening in the East Village area. Like when I when I do um, you know, when I like to do research when I'm not sleeping at night um, about where things are going into contracts, I found a lot going into contracts in the East Village, lower east side, Greenwich Village area. So if we could somehow circle that. Um, I think anything that's around NYU or East is getting a lot of action. Why do you think? Um, I, you say I that's think, recent as well because it would coincide with going back to school. Well, remember, we're talking about purchases and sales, so I would think rentals would be more affected by people going back to school. But do you think that like parents are buying units for their yeah, kids? Yeah, I'm um, talking to parents looking to buy for kids for sure. Potentially, but I, I'm looking at more things going into contract. So they would be closing after school starts. I mean, I just think that you've seen a surgence of the East Village being an incredible place. I mean, there's so much retail. It's so hip, quotations. Um, you know, you have Essex Crossing in the Lower East Side that's driving a lot of sales there and development. People love Greenwich Village, anything around Washington Square Park. So I think they all counter each other. Not counter right. each other, help each other. Okay, with that, we're out of time. That's our show for today. Thanks to Matt, Ray, Phil, and Niall. Until next time, be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.
Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.